do you see? How do you love? How do you remember me? Get knocked down, don't forget to stand up. You played uh, Donkey Kong growing up? You, you Donkey Kong? Okay, go on. No, no, no. Uh, you for Donkey Kong? Like, which one? Donkey Kong Country? Or any like of them. The original? The, yeah, the original. Yeah, these, I grew like, up countries. on Super Nintendo. I, I grew up with, like, Donkey Kong Countries 1, 2, and 3. Okay, you realize the music is, like, absolutely bangers, right? Oh, yeah. My brother, like, sent me the sent me a bunch of the music from the ones that was, like... I think it was one of those memes, like TikTok memes, where someone was like, oh, I'm going to need you to, like, acting it out, being like, I need you to make yeah. up, a, you know, an underwater world music for a small video game. <laughs> watch, me, watch me create this masterpiece. Like, Yeah, I know. Yeah, dude, I'm listening to, like, lo-fi mixes of them right now. It's so good, dude. No it's way. So good, dude. Oh, okay. It's so oh, good. I got to fucking, I got to find this. Like, it's good enough. I'll put it to you this way. It's good enough that my buddy Tyler came over yesterday and was like, put on some dude that does like live orchestras of like video game music where he plays like all 16 instruments himself and we'll edit it on youtube where like he'll pop up the parts of him playing that part as that instrument plays preach church tabernacle tallahassee sunshine southern is my bloodline we know it'll come time to go and though i leave like alumni i'm lying like a lullaby and quiet like my tongue tight alone bury me in satin tell the pastors say the sashes ain't class with you first row and if ashes turn to ashes, then I'm back in my first form with a dust storm with a corn and coat. More bit or late, Lord get, Lord take. And I'm like, more take, take. Five more take. Then I was like, the Let's one person I'm throwing it out there right now that I call as a guest uh, is Anderson Pack. I think he'd be the one. I think he's the one, dude. He's very in with all those people right now, and he's West Coast, and it's like that would make sense. He's very popular right now. Very but popular. I don't know if he's on the Super Bowl level quite yet. I think, but they might like Dre. He's a Dre loves him. Like Dre's like very invested in his career, so it's like I could see them bringing True. him out to like sing a chorus and like play the fucking drums because he's multi talented. Be like yo, whale on the drums, Anderson. Yes, yes, that's true, and the thing is, Dre is also probably like, this is a huge financial opportunity for me too, so if I can push my guys. Did you know they make, performers make nothing at the Super Bowl? The only thing the performance is, is that the NFL covers the costs of the production that they want to create, but there's no financial payment made. Oh, well, the, we Googled that the other day, we were like, Darkness Initiating launch sequence. <laughs> Vibes engaged. Pre-flight check. Microphones. A apparently requiring checking today, but check. For real, dog. Double checking. Triple checking. New cord. Go. Microphone, microphone, yo, yo, yo. There you now go. you're getting there. Now you're getting there. <laughs> Settle in. Now you're getting into the mood. I threw our vibes off with my technical issues. So we did. Like I was like, I was, I was riding. All right, all right. And then you died. Fine. I had to go to your funeral. <laughs> deliver your eulogy. Here we lay the mic to rest. Oh. Kill that shit, though. If I die, if I died, like, 
Absolutely. Trebuchet, actually. Right, right. Sorry. <laughs> need to be a little efficient here, all right? We use the Earth's energy to our advantage. All right. Okay, this this shit's got me vibing. This is some good music. This you're, you're, you're good now. All right, all right. Trapping in, shout out trapping in Japan, nineteen. My boy Ryan Celsius sounds. <laughs> I'm tipping off full foes, bro. What time are we here, dude? It is one thirty nine p.m. Sunday, January thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Welcome to episode sixty six of the fucking Ape Podcast. I am your host, Chris Handsome, and I'm joined by the lovely Skeev Harvey. Sweet Harvey. I am the beautiful coast our co-host here. You are the you are I'm the, the weird, awkward creepy one who balding like, on the side. That's like middle-aged that, women, I'm coming for you. That's I mean <laughs> I resent it a little bit. I'm a little disappointed that you think so low of me to to not to not really give me a nice nickname this week. I debate sometimes. I debate. I'm like, do you I You know what that name? is? That is just simply your jealousy on this on this football championship Sunday. You're just still bitter that you're watching everybody else and not your team. I I'm think. bite my ass. I'm going to watch you. <laughs> I'm going to watch your fucking mental health deteriorate today in a chat. <laughs> I don't know if it could ever go worse than it did last week. So, I mean, it could, but I, I really don't want to tempt the universe by saying that out loud. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself, the, brother. Uh, there is no preparation. This is the 66th episode of the fucking A Comedy Podcast. Matthew, Daniel, back again to back again to do our things. Back again to you know provide you with some sort of entertainment to to help, hopefully help you brighten your week, escape. He's lying. Your this reality. Is actually, this is actually for our own sake, our own entertainment. And it's just it's arrogance to think that other people want to hear it. No, it's arrogance to think that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh God, I'm getting, I just with deep cut stop, right off the bat. Stop! I already Haley already blew me the fuck up with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, shit, sorry to hear, man. Sorry I was shit talking my girl using TikTok, and she just looked at me and she's like, "You record your life on a podcast every fucking week, and you've been doing it for over a year and a half. So don't talk to me about using social media." Cut deep, yeah. <laughs> she cut deep. <laughs> I think you've been rattled since those words. Yeah, got bro. I, was like, you're so, I looked at. I didn't even argue. I looked at her. I'm like, you're so right. <laughs> so right. <laughs> like I can't even. I can't Put even. Put your hoodie on and go for a walk after that. Pretty shit, much. Yeah. Fucking that Pablo Escobar meme. Just sitting oh. on a bench, <laughs> just <laughs> reflecting, thinking about it. Well, we we appreciate you guys joining us. We're, uh, you know, we appreciate our our, our cock fam coming through. Our cock <laughs> fam, yes. So, so we have to. So last week, in last week's episode, we did we did Matt's random questions again. Go listen to that episode if you haven't heard it. And and at one point, we we started to joke around the potential in the future of Matt to get into the NFT business, selling basically NFT characters who were ball sacks. Um. So during the week while bored, I decided to to mock up a couple of nutsack characters for Matt and send them to him as a joke to to get his to hopefully give him some inspiration for his creative future. And uh, upon posting one of them on Twitter, uh, Matty Boy here put a put the right combination of words together apparently to summon what is apparently a very real crypto cox uh, page, which is exactly that. Little pixelated penis men, um, different characters, probably unique, I would assume. A, a limited run. You would assume print. the entire point of this bullshit is that they're supposed to be so unique I can't steal them. 
Right. So, so Fucking. evidently, yeah. So, so we're working on a collab right now with Crypto Cox. Really, uh, you're going to see the uh, the fucking a Crypto Cox collection coming out sometime in the near future. Uh, you know, <laughs> portions of the proceeds will will fuel our cryptocurrency addictions. So, uh, shout out Crypto Cox or Matt. You're not a fan, <laughs> dog. I hate everything about the future, <laughs> and man, I hate all of this. I make a joke about how you yo you missed an opportunity to call it Crypto Cox. And no, it turns out some guy pops up and is like, hey, I've been making these for fucking over a year now. So Shout he's out. the, is he, or we don't know, she, maybe, they, them, we, anybody could be behind crypto. Do you cogs. really think a woman is making crypto cogs? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't put it past, I, I, I think women are as capable of grifting idiots out of their are. money. Shut or, the fuck or, up. As, as I anybody didn't else say says. anything about that. I'm just saying. Who's making something called crypto cogs? Is it a dude or is it a chick? It's a fucking dude. Statistically, statistically speaking, it's a dude. Probably a dude. The only thing I can think of is that this is like the real life version of of uh, Jonah Hill's character in Superbad. Hundred percent. Just like 100%. that's this kid. That kid grew up to be like selling cock nfts it's gonna be in his fucking classroom as the teacher walks by you scrolling through his, what are you what are you scrolling your phone there <laughs> oh, nothing man nothing nothing at all man <laughs> let Can me I interest see. you in crypto cocks like you pulled out my treasure trove of crypto cock nfts i mean you're right like how does how does a person go about like look we, we, you're right we do a podcast and like like i do another podcast and you know i do various creative things there are creative people all over the world and like you know, you, you make your friends and your family and your significant others, you tell them about your creative things every now and then, you know, they, they, they're aware of them. Maybe they're more supportive of them at different levels and all that. And then there's this guy who makes pixelated dicks and dresses them up in like cowboy costumes and stuff and runs a Twitter account page for them and says, good morning, cock fam in the morning of, uh, on a, on a holy Sunday morning, by the way. So how do you navigate your life around you? What's okay? What's harder to bring up at Thanksgiving? Oh, hey, Gran, can you pass the cranberry sauce? Thanks. By the way, I make three thousand dollars a month on OnlyFans. Or, hey, Gran, can you pass the cran sauce? Yeah, that's right. I'm a twenty-eight year old unemployed guy, and all I do is make fucking JPEGs of cogs with cigarettes in their mouth. <laughs> I make zero dollars a month. Oh, it depends. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it depends on. I mean, what's the OnlyFans for? It's just burping in people's faces and calling them a little bitch or jar farts, or I mean, some sort of other strange bodily function related. Think, okay, all right. Here's a question for you: Do okay. you think it's harder to tell your your family that you do porn, or that you fart in jars and sell it? If I had to tell my family one of those two, like specifically my family, uh, the jar farts would would probably hit off pretty well, I think. I think so, too. Because yeah. they'd be like, they think it's hilarious. The porn, if I was in porn, I think my family would be, not that they're prudish or like conservative, just they'd be like disappointed that that's the, like all I've gotten up to. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I just started jerking off and filming myself and selling it on the internet. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, you don't. Okay. Sell yourself higher than that, bro. You, you can got better content than that. You could fart really? in jars while you jerk off and sell it on the internet. It's genius. Merge the zoo. We finally brought the concepts of brand fusion to the OnlyFans game is what you're saying. Like, why just do one? Like, I can I, think of all the holes you can use at once. You, you, can, you can jerk off while, while farting into a jar and burping in someone's face. You might as well set up a triple camera setup 
and do all three and sell them on a multifaceted OnlyFans. <laughs> I don't even want to continue this. There's no recovery. I that. don't even want to continue this. Matt, it's no secret that the real estate market is skyrocketing, but the COVID <laughs> pandemic Good pivot. Good pivot. is creating, you're welcome, is creating another little known land rush. Indeed, some investors are paying millions for plots of land, not in New York City or in Beverly Hills. In fact, the plots do not physically exist here on Earth. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. have I hooked you? Have I hooked you? Just, I know where this is going. Just, just floating it's down beginning. with a worm on it? It's beginning. Is it? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Are you ready for this more overpriced shit? The land is located online in a set of virtual worlds that tech insiders have dubbed the metaverse. Have they? Oh, here we what go. What is this metaverse you speak of? Prices for plots have soared as much as 500% in the last few months, ever since Facebook announced it was going all in on virtual reality, even changing its corporate name to the meta platforms. The metaverse is the next iteration of social media, says Andrew Kegel. Kegel, something. Say that guy's name right. If he said he does this, <laughs> no, I don't know. Fucking Kegel. No, well, he's, <laughs> he's not far from home. CEO of the Toronto-based Tokens.com, which invests in the metaverse real estate and non-fungible token-related digital assets. Probably the guy you want to ask about his opinion on on digital real estate. I'm sure he's got an unbiased opinion. The guy named Kegel. Yeah, all right. The Kegel, maybe Kegel. I don't. I don't it's know. Kegel. God damn it! <laughs> Come at us. You and Crypto Cox are going to team up to take this show down. Probably. This guy is the focus of the article here, and he, he quote: "You can go to a carnival. You can go to a music concert. You can go to a museum. Really." You can do that in the metaverse if you buy enough real estate, evidently. Yeah, you, you, dude, you're just going to be like museums of NFTs and shit. You're going to be able to fucking go look at. Like, I hate this. I'm, I hate that I'm cynical, and I hate that I remember being a kid eating my breakfast cereal and listening to my dad shit talk the world. But, like, I get it now. It's you I now. I get it. And if, it's if, me. And if you reproduce, you will then do that to your kids who are like, oh, my God, shut up. Like, <laughs> and then they'll turn 30 and be like, fuck, man. I'm balding and I I also hate everything that's new. It's the circle of life, my friend. But you can go to a carnival, a music concert, a museum. I mean, you can do that in the real world too, but you also can't because everything costs a bajillion dollars now. Yeah, but you you can't own that stuff now. It's already owned by other people. So people need the next thing that they can buy and own, right? Boom, digital space, gold rush. So instead of owning physical things in the real world, because nobody can anymore, because it's all too expensive, unless you were like early Bitcoin investor, you have to go to the virtual world where you can own things, but also they're not real. So you really don't own anything, but at least it's the potential of ownership. This is like, this is reminding me of those Japanese guys that like, think women are gross and dirty so they just keep jerking off the hentai like oh it's nice and clean I don't and, have to uh, worry. and why exactly does it remind you of that <laughs> because you don't have to as actually though i engage. had a difficult segue to get out of there a minute ago now you do let's see what you've got what kind of what kind of gymnastics can you pull my friend because you don't have to engage in the actual world around you bro it's like getting closer oh, okay. to that fucking that black mirror episode where the people live in the little like so just ride pods. the bikes and do ride the, the exactly Damn right. We're, we're getting one step closer. You know, like, why do I need physical space? Kegel's company, that's the way I'm choosing to go with it, recently dropped nearly $2.5 million on a patch of land in Decentraland. Hmm. Shout out Decentraland. Shout out. One of several popular, popular metaverse worlds. Prices have gone up 400 to 500% in the last few months. Like, how? 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 Why? Ooh. First of all, first of all, 
it's not real. You could just make more digital land, can't you? Like it's not, it's not a physical earth that gets taken up over time. Like 400%, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're on the physical planet earth or you're in the virtual metaverse, real estate is unaffordable. <laughs> you can't even buy I'm homeless online. Oh God, I'm homeless online. Oh my God, yo, can you imagine that? We're like at Starbucks with our fucking goggles on in like 30 years and just like shit talking. People are like, this guy can't even afford to get a coffee in the metaverse. You're going to be sitting at home. Yeah, you're going to be sitting at home in your VR haptic feedback suit pretending to be a homeless person in the metaverse. <laughs> you're like, but what if you're act? This is the new scams, dude. You're actually rich in the metaverse, but you panhandle for like cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> the future is boundless potential, really. I Another hot it. metaverse world is the Sandbox, where Janine Yorio's virtual real estate company, Republic Realm, sounds like who the people you want to go with, Spent a record $4.3 million on a parcel of virtual land again. Why? How? Oh, my God. How? Are people buying, like, the Times Square shit where they think that, like, everybody's going to be going to this location, I wonder? you know, Just like property in the real world, Kegel says the metaverse is about three things. Location, location, oh location. God. What oh the my fuck are God, you talking bro. It's got great parkside views. Why? Because you coded it to have that? Like, (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, Is it going to be like, yo, do you know there's going to be places that's like, you got to have a blue check mark to come in here, man. You know? A hundred percent. It's coming, dog. So you're saying that like housing segregation of like the early 20th century is going to go online where people are like, I don't want any non-check marks living in my metaverse apartment. 1920s. Try jumping back even longer, bro. We're going to talk about people walking around with like, well, no, maybe it gets 1920s. Yeah. People armbands, basically. Yeah. Straight up classifying you. Yeah. Yeah. You walk into some virtual doorman, just drop. Chuck Norris kicks you in the fucking head. Like, get out of here, unverified pleb. Like, all right. Oh God! I like so. There's there's not even hope of of owning something of your own affordable space in the non world. Come check out my one bedroom closet. <laughs> this, is, this is what I own in the metaverse. Are we gonna have to pay for rent one day? Digital rent. <sighs> I hate that I'm actually thinking about it and being like, you know what? There probably is, because if it actually does take off, like really though, like realistically, you know it's going to be a cash generator. So people are going to want to, ha- of course, right? The only reason we're doing so, it, right? So people are going to want to hang out at their clubs, this or that, which means effectively people are going to have their own spaces where it's like, yo, come back to my spot. We can hang out. What's the difference between digital rent and a subscription fee? I don't Nothing don't, because don't, you don't have a physical anything attached to the money you're spending? Don't utter those words into the microphone. <laughs> They're listening, okay? They are listening. Eagle is way ahead of us here. I Why don't you go we're... downtown and say what up? He's, he's right down there. Head on down. Yeah, he's a local he'll boy. love to talk to me. He'll be like, hello, yoga sweater, hair up, man bun guy. <laughs> you must be interested in Dude, my you crypto look world. Like a, are you kidding me? Have you seen the tech world? You look like you you code and develop apps on the weekends. Like It kills me. You know what kills me? 
I look like Rob character, Rob Schneider's character in Home Team, that Kevin James movie where he plays Sean Payton. Yeah, I watched it last night. I look like Rob Schneider. I watched, what I, did you watch last night? I watched Dune, a two and a half hour epic sci-fi fantasy masterpiece. What did you watch? I watched a Kevin James movie where he, for some reason, plays a guy he looks absolutely nothing like. I did it for homework purposes, brother. Okay. Oh, oh? I can't. Sh- I can't shit talk a movie and not actually watch it. Do you have a film review? Like a, a minor one. All right. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. I, I was plugging in and out of it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It's terrible. It's fucking horrible. Like it is definitely a happy Madison movie. It's exactly what you're expecting. A money grab by Adam Sandler. Pretty much. I think, like- I think Haley, my girl put it best. Uh, I got to give her credit for this. <laughs> Says any movie that Rob Schneider isn't just a minor character is a bad movie. And she was right. <laughs> <laughs> she was right. <laughs> Sorry. Who does Rob Schneider play? In so Rob Schneider plays uh, Sean Payton's ex-wife's new man. So he's the new dad in the house with Sean Payton's kid. The movie takes place. Is this place. a true story? I don't know. Is this I, why um, Sean Payton just retired? Because this movie came Rob out and he's like, I can't Rob Schneider with was fucking his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fucking retire too, man. I'd retire <laughs> straight away, bro. No, so the movie takes place during Bounty Gate, which for anybody who doesn't know, uh, a couple of years back here, the New Orleans Saints head coach got suspended from the league because it turned out their defensive coordinator had a pay for hurting players scheme essentially going on. Like, injure the quarterback, I'll give you 500 bucks. And anyway, it came yeah. out. So he ended up getting suspended for the year. So the movie takes place in that window and he goes back home. Oh, it's, and he it, coaches- it's about him coaching the year he was suspended from the league? Yeah, but he coaches his son's youth football team, bro. His like twelve year olds, like they're the worst team in the league. And Sean Payton comes in and a, turns them did around. Did he actually do this? I don't know. I don't know because it was so bad. I didn't want to, I didn't even want to look into it. I what is it called again? Home team. Home team. Netflix. True. Sorry, we we bring you nothing but the finest in audio entertainment here on the Fucking Day Podcast, including live. Up-to-date research. Is Home Team based on a true story? Yes. Home Team is based on the true story of NFL head coach Sean Payton, played by Kevin James in the movie. Well, he, yeah, well that based is, on a true story, he left the league for a year. Yeah, that, you can say that's based on a true story. Did he actually coach his kid's team? I, I doubt it. By the way, can I just uh, just to interject a rant that I know a lot of people probably feel this way these days about clickbait internet websites, but, like, is there a mm-hmm. single piece of information you can get on the internet now that doesn't have, like, a premise written in the first no. paragraph? There no. are plenty of movies nowadays that are based on a true story. This is your lead into your fucking article? Like, is Doug, this a true story? Like, well, the concept of the true story stems back to the ancient, like... The worst? The worst is recipes, bro. Like, yo, I just want to know how the fuck to make this casserole. I was looking for a recipe for, for something really... So I was literally, like, like, literally looking for, like, what's the best way to cook tofu? I was trying tofu out, right? So I'm like, all right, cooking instructions. It's a texture thing. I want to make sure I get this right. Every single thing I opened up was like, when I was a girl, my mother on a spring night, would cook tofu. It's like, I, I just tell me whether to pan fry it or put it in the oven. Yeah, like, dude, skip the bullshit. Like, uh, so, yes, it apparently is a, a true story. Focus what on the father-son story between Peyton and his son, Connor. Oh. Who hates, his hates his guts in the movie, by the way. Gross. It's like the tip. It's literally exactly what you think. He comes in, the team is garbage. He needs to teach them some shit. 
They get better. But along the way, the team needs to teach Sean Payton something about himself so they can win together. And then he over fucking comes that bullshit of just like riding his players too hard. And then they spoilers. Spoilers. I, I mean, who gives a shit? You're gonna spoil. You're gonna spoil a Kevin James movie. Oh, For, okay, no. everybody, everybody here. Spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler alert. I'm about to room home team the Kevin James master Uh-oh. beat. Paul yeah, Blart, fast football. forward. Fast forward. <laughs> Paul Blart, <laughs> football, football manager. <laughs> so the end scene. Sean Payton finally learns from his mistakes. Okay, stops riding his players. He lets everybody play, and he's they're in it together. So he lets the kicker go out and try to kick the game tying field goal in state. And he's like, I believe in you. And this kid comes out and misses the kick so badly. He hits the scoreboard and the scoreboard explodes. And then, and then because he misses so badly and explodes, everyone's like, Hey man, that was really fucking cool. Who cares if we lost? And then they fucking party. According to this, Sean Payton, has read the script, got to know Adam Sandler and the Happy Madison production team, and I know that he and Kevin James do a great job at everything they tackle. It's in their hands. It's a unique and entertaining storyline. Is it? Really? Is that what we're going to call it? They defeat a team because their entire team gets so sick from eating Rob Schneider's like yoga food that he makes for the team that they vomit on everybody on the field and run down the field with the lead blocker that's vomiting on people. As a score, you're I making swear this to God. up. I you're swear make, to God, no, you're making that up. Oh, by the There's way, no the, way. The, the vomit is all CG, so it looks ridiculous as these like CG vomit is flying out from these kids' heads. Yeah, I'm dead. Serious. No, this is this is why Sean Payton retired because he probably needs to literally like go away for a year to hide. <laughs> I saw the script; it looked pretty good. I think it's going to be a really entertaining movie. Uh, Sean, have you actually seen the movie yet? Oh God, oh, Paul no. Bart. Paul Blart football secure fucking manager. Like it's just, it's just terrible. So uh, check that out on Netflix. Yeah. um, Don't, don't, don't. I'm not even trying to be funny on it. I'm just ranting about it. Like it was not good, man. I knew what it was going to be. It's okay. I had to watch. I had to know. We're here to to work out whatever issues that you may have. Dude. I like football too much. Like that's dumb. I watched a fucking football, like Paul Blart movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying, bro? You were, you were, you know what? You were open-minded and willing to give it a chance. I think is the only positive way I could possibly try to spin this for you, but it's open-minded. <laughs> All right. I got some more science for you or, or studies. The parenting communities on Facebook were subject to a powerful misinformation campaign early in the COVID-19 pandemic that pulled them closer to extreme communities and their misinformation, according to a new study published by researchers at George Washington Universities. Hmm. I stay home and I teach my kids about the dangers of lizard people. Yes. They must know. Parenting communities. So so we're, we're, we're just infusing our conspiracies right into the source now. Straight the pipeline, Facebook, mom, kids. Why bother? I'm not... I'm not looking forward to like when I'm standing in line for like a washroom and like a 10 year old behind me starts talking about the lizard people in the stalls. <laughs> like, and I don't think he's hallucinating. <laughs> well, he's just being a kid. He's just having fun. Like, no, no, he's actually referring to the conspiracy theorists, lizard people. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, how do you, how are, how do people get by being like school teachers now? Oh, like, oh that's got to be the hardest job in the world right now, dude. Miss, Miss Johnson. Yes, Timmy. What about the lizard people? And how they take the skin of powerful people and rule the world from that. Like, uh, um, 
my dad says like oh no <laughs> yes this sounds like texas right now bro with all the fucking books they're banning and shit that's next up these kids <laughs> my dad taught me Oh, uh, no. oh, I was no. homeschooled for 12 years. Oh, my God. Well, by studying social media at an unprecedented scale, we have uncovered why mainstream communities such as parents have become flooded with misinformation during the pandemic and where it comes from, says Neil Johnson, a professor of physics at George Washington. Physics? I thought we were studying physics. Yeah, what is, oh, it, this guy it, get here? Yeah, but if people that study physics are smart, all right? I listened to them. We'll be like, what, what, what do you have to say, sir? That's true. Like you just walk into the wrong room one day, like, oh, Professor Johnson, what are you doing here? This is the sociology department. Like, yeah, all right, whatever, sure, what's up? What are you guys doing? Yeah, you guys like, are fucking idiots. I'm about to dunk on your skull. What you like, 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 what's up? What are you guys doing? Are you, oh, <laughs> Facebook stuff? All right, sure, I'm down. I'm a fucking physics ape? professor. Like, <laughs> what are you apes talking about? Physics? No? <laughs> Facebook? <laughs> I'll help you complete your study in a weekend for fun. Like, why not? Johnson and a team of GW researchers began by looking at Facebook communities totaling nearly 100 million users that became entangled in the online health debate through the end of 2020. Starting with one community, the researchers looked to find a second one that was strongly entangled with the original and so on to better understand how they interacted with each other. That word's ruined forever now. What is? Entangle. Man, Will Smith's had a rough lately, by the way. The researchers discovered that mainstream parenting communities were exposed to misinformation from two sources on Facebook. First, during 2020, alternative health communities, here we go. Of course, of course. Which generally focus on positive messaging about a healthy immune system acted as a key conduit between mainstream parenting communities and pre-COVID conspiracy theory communities that promote misinformation about topics such as climate change, fluoride, chemtrails, and 5G. Yes. Oh, man, I, I'm just picturing those fucking poor kids, poor yeah. fucking kids, yeah, getting like, ranted at by your mom on lockdown about 5G and and COVID and fucking. You're sitting in your living room, like trying to focus on your entire education through a laptop screen. Your mom's just in the background, like, did you hear about the cell phone towers? Like, mom, give me your fucking cell phone. You're done. Re- I really need to learn algebra, please. Mom, give me my phone back. I need to look at porn. Literally, hey, like, Timmy, it's giving you cancer. 70% of my educational, like, quality in the last 18 months. And now this, like, please give me a chance in life. Secondly, a core of, a core of tightly bonded yet largely under the radar anti-vax communities, which were found adjacent to mainstream parenting communities, that's the space we're in, by the way, we're adjacent to most parenting communities, was able to continually supply COVID-19 and vaccine misinformation to the parenting communities. What's more, neither the alternative health communities nor the anti-vax communities were particularly large groups by Facebook standards, meaning they can still fly under the radar of the platform's moderators. No. We're out here. Mom. We're not like the truckers. Mom, like please. Convoy. Yeah, like Facebook doesn't have the manpower to pay attention to the like 340 people in the like upper Pennsylvania, like Northeast Pennsylvania soccer mom community on Facebook, like <laughs> spreading out a bunch of shit, injecting bleach into each other and drinking their own urine. COVID protection. Yeah. I saw a great one on Twitter the other day that was a screenshot from a urine Facebook group. And it was like, have you ever tried to put urine in your humidifier? <laughs> and the people are like, yes, and it works so well. It fills the room. 
<laughs> you fucking clowns. You fucking clowns, man. Why are we at a point where there's this, like a counterculture that thinks using urine is natural? Like the entire point of urine is that it's a byproduct. It's waste that your waste. body's it's poisonous to you. It's trying to get rid of it. It's bad for you. It's like, why don't I drink the water that drips out of my air conditioner during the I, summer? Like, I swear, yo, Bear Grylls ruined it for everybody years ago. If I, like, yo, this one guy drank his piss and lived, bro. And now everyone is just like, let me do put it think, all over my skin and inhale it. Do you think there's a, a product opportunity in the field of like Bed Bath and Beyond candles, but like piss smelling ones? <laughs> oh my god! We'll just sell it to we'll just sell it to these motherfuckers and just yeah, like like fourteen ninety nine a candle plus shipping. We'll just send it to you know West Virginia and Arkansas and all these places. Listen, listen. Like, I feel like I'm an expert on the topic. As a guy whose dog gets consistent fucking bladder infections and and pisses you're everywhere, you're attuned to the wall of the pit. You do not want to get a piss scented candle in your home. That's <laughs> not on my Christmas list. That should not end up in my sock next year for Christmas. All right. Yeah, but I mean, it's not for you. Mm. It's for the true believers. Ammonia. We're in the business of selling to the people who want it. Yeah, know? that's true. We're talking about people who are like quite literally boofing fucking urine and like inhaling it. So, so what's your pitch, right? The the venture capital Silicon Valley bros come in and they're they're sitting there with their no no tie, unbuttoned top collar shirts, right? And you just like they're like sell us this, and you're like, all right, we've identified a dynamic new consumer base. Okay, the the piss people. We're the, this. Uh, our studies show that piss people account for roughly three percent of the population, and therefore we identify an untapped market for potential piss candles that can be sold to by the dozens to these folks. And this is Who's going to stop us? We're a tandem because, like, I as you say this, I'd look and be like, look across the table because it's so outlandish that you just uttered those words. You got to keep me on the rails. Be like, listen. We're going to get to the numbers in a second. Yes, we have our raw data. Yes, we've seen Dragon's Den. I know how this pitch yeah, works. Yeah. It's evaluation. Cut right through the bullshit. Yeah, we have piss candles, and they're going to fucking sell. They are going to fucking sell. And then they're like, what's your overhead? How much does it cost to make one? You're like, well, I take a regular candle, and I just <laughs> pee in it, and then I seal it back up, and then I sell it. Like, oh, okay. the wax. So oh, technically, I'm spending nothing on the piss. <laughs> Bro, like, what's wrong with us? What is wrong with us? We're back to bodily fluids. Yes, bro, like, what? Farted in jars. Now we're pissing in candles. Like, what? How far have we come? Not far at all. I think the, I just like the news stories that we've read on this show lately have really warped our sense of reality. I, yeah, dude. Like, I'm living in a bad part of the internet, dude. Like, I need that. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Can we disconnect and delete all our profiles and like re-enter the algorithms from, from scratch again? Like, I don't know if I want to. Like I some of the, I can't turn away from some of this stuff, bro. It's impressive in its own special little way. This <laughs> one's impressive. Okay. Coming out of Ireland. A dead man was brought to a post office, propped up by two other men in an attempt to collect his pension. Oh, it's weekend at Bernie's, right? Straight up weekend at Bernie's in real life, dude. Staff at the post office immediately became suspicious and contacted emergency <laughs> services and state police as they rushed to the scene. Why is your friend not speaking for himself? And why is his head just... <laughs> just dangling? <laughs> I can't even fucking look forward. No money was handed over and it's understood that the deceased man is well known to the two men who moved his body. A local woman was quoted as saying, the man looked unwell as his feet were dragging on the ground. <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't say. You don't say. <laughs> so these guys end up getting arrested, of course, right? And none of the pension is given out. But I'm just like, I can't imagine you just dragging a corpse. Would you do that for your homies? Like, if I die, dress me up and take me down to the bank and just keep collecting my shit. Like, that's not doing it for your homies. You're taking your homies' money. Like, that should be your their family's pension. They're entitled to it. <laughs> oh, so you put your family over your friends? Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm not in your so. will. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. So just, feet dragging like <laughs> how severe of a punishment could that be? Like I don't desecrating know, a corpse? Is that still a big thing? Or is that more of like a moral? I guess issue? probably some sort of like identity fraud. Like I don't okay. I don't know. That's a new one. Yeah. That's a new we're one. Right? We're gonna circle back to this, like when it comes up. Uh, you know how like we always read these stories that are like it's oh it happened a few years ago but it really it's all it's coming back up now because it's going to court like we need to circle back to that one in in a year or two when it reaches the courts. Like, Absolutely, find out what, what happens the to these guys. I'll keep my I'll keep my eyes peeled on that one. Like I just can't imagine what's the thought process on that shit. You must be really hurting if you're like oh it's gonna get this guy's fucking. It's making collect. me wonder like like we're all, I'm always complaining about how like every story, right? Like you watch a movie or TV, it's always predictable because it's always like a template of some unoriginal premise that's just been layered over with new shit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then you realize that in the real world, like there's no original stories because people just do shit that was done in movies too. Like it's <laughs> a 35 year old movie or whatever the fuck, like literally someone's like, what if we actually did that? We don't need it. We don't need the metaverse. We're already in a fucking metaverse, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Would you be interested in a waterfront view? <laughs> Seven hundred thousand dollars, please. And you can here's your password and login code. Thank you. I was, th- I was thinking this too about dragging this corpse in there. Did he die in like the perfect time to go collect his pension? Be like, oh man, well, like it's Wednesday. Let's go get his pension. Like, did you keep his corpse there for like three days and be like, all right. All right, we go get well, it. Like, check plan. Plan. They like put him in, like stuff him into a freezer for a few days while they like, game plan the scheme. Like, <laughs> the guy comes in like with ice all over his face. <laughs> I noticed at first there was something suspicious. His feet were dragging, and he Ron, was Ron, you're frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't talk to Ron. Don't worry about it. <laughs> give us his, give us his pension, oh, please. Oh, uh, we we have his power of attorney. <laughs> don't worry, we're we're right here. We speak for him. They didn't put him in a wheelchair, first of all. Yeah, I mean, they dragged this guy, bro. <laughs> like dragged this guy, like like, like, like two you're people getting your a drunk buddy. Player, exactly. Like, yeah, like, like two fucking athletic trainers came on. The guy's legs are broken, and you're carrying him off. That's exactly it. <laughs> this fucking dragging away. It's the it's the effort that really defines the act. I think. Uh, my Yo, that, God. that's that that is a sentence that applies to this man. A former Swiss banking CEO was now on trial for fraud, says the nearly $280,000 he spent making it rain at strip clubs were business expenses. My man. <laughs> My 280 man. racks at the club, baby. Yo, this guy listens to Pooh Shiesty in his whip. Like, this this guy knows what's good. All right, what's his Here, defense? What's his defense of, of, of business expense? <laughs> that's pretty much it, dude. His defense is the fact that it was a business expense, homie. But... Pierre and Vincent's used to head the Raffi in Switzerland bank also claimed in a Swiss court that he spent $760 on a woman he met on Tinder because hey. he was thinking of hiring her for a real estate hey, job. It was, he was thinking of hiring her for this dick is right. <laughs> I was, was going to hire her for a job. Oh, you were. Oh you? yeah. Damn right. I was <laughs> now. What is he on trial for? Take a wild guess. Take a wild guess. Uh, fraud. 
Vincent's is one of seven top bankers and associates on trial in oh. Zurich for alleged enrichment, <laughs> fraud, and mismanagement. <laughs> it Hero. is also alleged that this man used his position to make secret side deals in addition to those made officially between Raffinson and other parties between 2006 what and else, 2017. Why else do you accumulate power if not to use it for personal gain, man? Yo, this guy fuck? is the epitome of like when your breakfast is cocaine and you wash it down with amphetamines. Like he's living that lifestyle. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. But I just don't Wait, wait. So he goes to a strip club and he doesn't even have a defense beyond like I was entertaining business clients. Like I was the people I was with were, were you know, I was negotiating a deal. And so, you know, the money I spent at the club was part of the experience and trying to make this, this deal happen. Like he was just like, nah, it's, uh, I, I threw it on the floor. It's a business expense. Like well, even, he's mean, not even working for it. I, I mean, he, his, his lawyers are probably saying some shit like that. Like, yeah, I was taking out my clients to dinner and like doing business. You right. know, like that was what it was. I was hosting, you know, potential partners and stuff like that. Some bullshit. Uh, they live in a different world than we do. They throw 280 bands and write it off as a tax yeah. expense. I mean, that, that to me and sounds... And surprised when they get no, you're right. But you're right. That sounds like a person who's like, I, the, the, most, the most punishment I'm going to face is like six months in a country club jail. Like, why wouldn't I do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, why wouldn't I do this? If you catch me, I'm, it's barely anything and I can live with it. And like, it's like not even worth me putting in the effort to create a viable story. Like I'd rather just pay a lawyer to be like, yeah, figure it out, man. Like, give me, give me community Business service business. and time served or whatever the fuck. I was taking my boy out for, you know, titties and ribs. It's no biggie. Yeah. So that is how we do it in Zurich. You know, <laughs> banking deals get done over titties and ribs. Nothing else. You ever had a lunch special at a strip club? The old white guys at work used to tell me it was delicious. <laughs> Never been myself for a roast beef at 2 PM at a strip club. Can't say I have. Someone tells me at 2 p.m. at a strip club, there's a lot of roast beef, but um, <laughs> that is fucking wild. Um, I got I got a story here that I want to get into because I like with you specifically want to get into with you because it's it's a, just a wild premise. And, and maybe people, maybe listeners have heard this lately, but I'm, I'm just going to start the article for you from the top. So photographer Courtney Udvar Hazy began the Instagram account at Wander with Willow in 2017 to document the life of her wolf dog hybrid. So do you have thoughts on these pet fluencer accounts, you know, on Instagram? You know, any, uh, any pre-existing yes, notions? I, I do. And I have a feeling that I think I know what article you're gonna bring up just based on that fag thing. Okay. So I'm gonna let you talk and then okay. I want you to ask me that question again. Okay, we'll just, you know, a little formatting for you there, eh? Why not? Yeah. She documented Willow from the moment she got her, and followers watched Willow grow from a tiny puppy to a strapping yep, yep, adolescent yep. who roamed California's yep. wilderness on hikes with her owner. Okay, I'll try to abridge it a little more. In 2018, tragedy struck. Willow escapes from her pet sitter and gets struck by a car. Dies in Udvar Hazy's arms. Sad, of course. Yet, Courtney Udvar Hayes continues to run at Wander with Willow to this day. And if you didn't know any better, you'd think that the recent photos of the enormous canine creeping through the snow, howling in the woods, and sitting in front of a mountain range were of Willow. But the subject of these pictures is, in fact, another identical-looking wolf dog named Phoenix. Phoenix, age two, is a clone. Clone pets. They're real. They're here, and they cost like 40 Gs. Yes, you can clone your pets. No, it's not bullshit. Courtney used the Texas-based company Viagen, which famously duplicated the singer Barbara Streisand's dog, Samantha, in 2018 to clone Willow. She ended up with Phoenix plus five 
other genetically identical puppies she gave to her friends. Five more. Your dog's dead. Uh, give me six more of them. You guys want? Hey, honey, do you want one? Do you want a dog too? No, no, it's the one that died. Yeah, yeah. Okay, call your mom. Does she want one too? Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. It'll be six, please. Six clones of my dead dog. Mm. That's real rich coming from the guy who named his pet the exact same thing as his best friend's animal. I didn't realize that until months later. <laughs> How do you, you not? How do you not realize that my dog's name it was It was Chloe? at the start of the pandemic, and I hadn't seen the dog for a while. And and but things were complicated. Anyway. I digress. That's not anyway. the same thing. I named a I named a different species the same name. You're I an asshole. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like snip off a piece of your dog's hair and take it to a lab and get it cloned. Like, hey, look, I got the same dog. This is my dog, Chloe. And I called it Chloe too. Fuck you. How do you like that? So Although Udvar Hazy's pack of clones may seem exceptional, the act of bringing back a pet is becoming more common, and it's especially evident on Instagram. The team behind top pet fluencer Tinkerbell, a five-pound Paptise with more than 500,000 followers on Instagram, revealed in 2019 that Tinkerbell's DNA was being stored for future cloning, labeled as labeled in a post that was a paid partnership with Viagen. These people are, are collabing with the cloning company to be like, this. when this fucking thing dies, I'm getting another one that's the same fucking one. So well, this, look, I mean, it costs like fifty to one hundred thousand dollars. It preys on people's emotional states, right? About their pets being dead because it fucking crushes people. So you're ba- it's basically predatory on people's emotions. But like, I mean, first of all, your thoughts on on the pet fluencer? There's a question for you. Well, then. this opens a whole different kettle of fish because now you're not just talking about the ethics of like cloning an animal and if you should do that or not. That's beside the point. That's already happening and being done. You can do it. Just pay for it. Yeah, but. It's not just for rich people like Barbara Streisand who are like, give me six. Now with this whole pet influencer person and the whole like fat of that, when your yeah. animal dies, that's your stream of revenue. That's gone. So it's a simple investment in, in keeping it going. It's a business investment, dog. Cause it's like, you can get another animal and build your group of following and shit. But if you get that dog back, can you no. write it off as a tax expense? Probably. Cloning, <laughs> cloning my dog was a business expense for my social media account. Yeah. So don't, don't, I'm not paying any taxes on this fucking 48 grand. It cost me. Yeah. I wonder, there's probably some lawyer that could spin doctor that shit. It's a good accountants out there. Call your dad, get him to write it up for us. Reading this, like you're right. I've, I've heard of it in the past and I, I, I guess I didn't really realize like how far across that frontier we've already gone. Like I didn't realize we were like, Oh, we're already at like, Oh, people do it all the time. Like, it I, was I, kind I feel of, you. I thought it was still like in the in the petri dishes. Hey, we've done this. Like, yeah, like this yeah. girl. It, it's literally she cloned this dog like two years ago, and people didn't even know that it was a thing. But like, the reason I wanted to get into it is because it 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 fucking cracks the like fundamental. It, it it's hard for me to put into words because it like cracks open the some of the fundamental principles of life itself, like. <laughs> your dog dies. We've all, we've all been through our pets dying. Most people have, right? Like it's sad. Just like any death is sad because it's final because that person or creature is gone and, and, and can't be replaced. But now you're like, Oh, my dog died. I'll just get 
the same dog again. It's got to, here's the thing though. They're still different. They're going to have different personalities and brain chemistry and shit like that. Right. So it's not sure. going to be the same animal still, but that initial, like, if you look at it, you just, that emotion, it probably evokes. Yeah. You're there. But what if you get it and it's not cuddly anymore and shit? And you're like, yo, fuck you. Exactly. It hates you. You know, it's like, it just got a bad apple or like yeah, whatever it, it may doesn't be. doesn't behave the same, but then like what you, but then you're basically being like, oh, like you just need people to not be people about it. Because if anybody's dog was dying and they're like, you give me $50,000 right now, he's on his deathbed and I will, I will take him to the slab. And in a month, we will deliver you the same, a puppy version of your loved pet. You just got to empty your bank account or like go into huge debt to do it. And I'm manipulating you in your emotional state. Oh yeah. That's going to happen hundred percent. And then while you're still like grieving or something, like you, you get this thing that's like, Oh, you're him again. Oh, it's like, but it's not them again it's not like doesn't this doesn't this beg the question of like what's the point of the pet then right like you value your time with this animal because you know it's not forever the same you value you value your time with a significant other or your friends because deep down we all know that nothing lasts forever and that eventually eventually this podcast will die and like something will happen right like but if you just start cloning everything then like what's the meaning of it really but like then it's also, not the same, right? How are you going to tell like a parent they lose their child when the child's like eight years old and they're like, we can clone him. We just just scraped him off the pavement and we can make another one. That's, that's a place my mind went to as well, which is like, and then, but then take the thing you just said about how you can clone a pet, but it's not going to have the same set of experiences and become the same creature, right? Mm. If you did say we get to the human cloning phase and you're oh, right. Yeah. They primarily use it for okay. like parents who lose a child very young. And they're like, I, we'll give you a, a clone of your four-year-old daughter who just died of some rare disease or something. Right. But then when they come back, they're not the same. No, they're going to be like a heroin addict. Cause everything's going to be all fucked up for them. They're going to be like, I don't, I don't belong here. Like I'm a clone. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of black mirror, there was a black mirror episode like that. where like, did you ever see that one where the woman's no. husband dies? <laughs> And she like gets like the clone of her of husband. There, of course there was. And that's the whole moral of the fucking, cause there's like a message in every episode, right? The message of that episode is exactly that. That like the guy looks the same and talks the same and sounds the same and has the same sense of humor, but like doesn't behave the same. So therefore like, can you, is it possible to replicate a life beyond physical characteristics? Right? Like, yeah, that's, oh God. The that's pet a- thing just fucks with my head. Like it's just very like, and I find these people creepy. Yeah, I don't like the pet influencer thing either. My girl wanted to start like a TikTok or a Instagram account for a dog when she was a puppy. And I'm like, no, like I'm not. I don't do that. Like I'm not but all right with that. This is like too far now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I I, I don't know, man. I feel like we, that's too far. Like we shouldn't play God. I think we should try to extend life for as long as possible. But like once you're gone, I don't know, man. But then what's the difference between somebody that dies on a fucking like operating table and you're like, you bring them back in a couple minutes if you like resuscitate them? Well, because they're like chain of existence. It's like the philosophical argument, right? Like, like, you know, if you replace every board on a ship or whatever the fuck that classic thing is, right? If yeah. You, every piece of wood, is it the same ship? Like, I mean, that's not like that person wasn't buried and a new physical form was created separate of them. Like if you die on the operating table, they zap you back to life. It's not like you come back as a blank slate. Like true. Although that would be fucking wild. Like every time you like get resuscitated, you're like a new person again. Oh fuck. Yo, junkies would be crazy, bro. 
Holy shit. They be I'm trying to chase that lives. <laughs> Yo, you want to hit, you want to hit this fentanyl and I'm going to stab you with this pen in your shoulder. You can come back like a different person, bro. Straight be, up. It would literally like solve the drug crisis. Like all you have to do is overdose once and then we'll give you the Narcan. You come back, you're a new person. You're like, I'm not addicted to meth anymore. Sweet. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Bye. Can you imagine that, Doug? You were said you were like revive a guy who looks at you. He's like, you're a fucking junkie. And just gets up and walks away. <laughs> like, what happened to Bill? Oh, he died. We brought him back. He's a new guy now. He's in accounting. That Believe it like or not. Ch- like Chuck Palinuk book. Uh, it's just more intellectual property. See, this is why we need to mint our podcast episodes as NFTs, because then if somebody steals the ideas within, they're really stealing from us and we can do nothing because there's no legal framework. But I think I could flesh that idea out into a book. I think I could do it. Well, I, you know, you could flush a lot of your ideas out into things, man. And you don't, you know, but what hey, you do with your time. Fuck up. Don't <laughs> attack me, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a low blow. It was. I heard. It's okay. okay. I'm getting blown up this week, man. Like, <laughs> I'm getting, like sitting back. I'm like, I swear to God, I am the walking like that Pablo Escobar meme. I've been like thinking about my life, man. Welcome to 30. Welcome to being 30 years old. It's, well, it's, love me or like examine yourself. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> this is what your life is now is a constant state of, Oh no. <laughs> what am I? I can understand robbing a place once, maybe twice. Okay. But three times in six days, that's too much. That's going to get yourself caught. Just like this guy right over here was assaulted by the owners after he robbed a fucking grocery store three times in six days. He was eventually captured by a waiting police officer who was there undercover waiting for him when he came back (laughs) for the fourth time. The fourth time this guy tries to fucking rob this place within six days. So store surveillance video taken Friday night at Augie's Grocery Deli shows the violent perm jumping across the counter just as he had the previous three times he was there between January 10th and 16th. This time, however, oh. instead of getting away with cash or merchandise, the robber was stunned when an off-duty police officer, Maurice Johnson, who has stopped to check by on the store, jumped out from the back of the store. Robert took off for the exit, but he was caught and arrested on the corner by Johnson and the store's owner and his son, who was also a Jersey City police officer. Now, the robber oh. was identified as 34-year-old Travis Neely. So this guy's obviously facing charges going through court processing as we speak. How do you go back to the same spot four fucking times? I get it's an easy hit, but like eventually that you know that they're going to come around, right? Because we're creatures of routine and familiar. We like to be in familiar surroundings, you know, like I, you know, I I find a place that I like to go to and I like to go back there again and again. Maybe this guy was like, you know what? I'm comfortable robbing here. I know the lane of the store. I know exactly where the cashier puts his gun. I know where the drawer button eject is. You you ever walk into a place and you're like, oh, hey, like, uh, you know, I got to, uh, you know, I I recognize the cashier. I recognize I recognize the girl at the subway. She makes my hey, sandwich Molly, all the time. Hey, 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 hey. give me Put your shit. We <laughs> 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 just like to keep it simple. Let's 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 not overthink this one. Really, I think, four right? times in six days you try to attempt to rob somebody. Though I just like yo, this this sounds like a fucking yo a crackhead getting stuck up on the street. Like you know it, you know it's an easy hit. But yeah, <sighs> yeah, throw but, the book at know. this guy, please. Go to a different store and rob them. Like it's yeah, it's, it's worse because because he was caught in the same place. It's such an easy like. It's not like he a string of robberies and finally he gets caught and they're like, oh, you get arrested for this one store, but we Wait can't prove for him you did. Here. <laughs> like literally, they're like, hey, you're under arrest for robbery. Oh, also, we know we easily know you did the four other ones at this store. 
Travis, so, back again for the fourth time, are we? <laughs> congratulations on like quadrupling your charge count when you go to court. Like you've done this multiple times. There's no plausible deniability of like, oh, I may I robbed this one, but I didn't rob that other store down the street. You got no proof, right? Like it's like, no, you're the same guy who's been here repeatedly. <laughs> you buy the same pack of menthol cigarettes and then tell me, put them up, honey. <laughs> <laughs> slide a scribble note across that I can't read because your handwriting's too shitty. I always, I, I hear this all the time when I watch like crime TV shit and I watch a lot of dumb stuff like that, but they always say, they're like, yo, we give criminals way too much credit. Like smart people yeah. are robbing the gro- like the corner store four times in six days. Like guy's obviously a stupid motherfucker, you know? So you can't, you can't expect that he's not going to do some dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems to be, like if they were smart, they wouldn't be robbing a grocery store, the same grocery store four times. No, he's just like, that begs the question. You know, the guy's a dumbass. Like we don't need to be like, is he an idiot? Like, no, he's an idiot. (sighs) Yeah. Smart (laughs) smart criminals are hitting bigger licks. They're switching it up. Smart criminals work at banks in Zurich and, and, Correct. Go for money out of Correct. accounts and then, you know, have good accounts and stuff. That's what smart criminals do. Dumb criminals are sticking up grocery stores. Why rob a grocery right. store for $6.50 in the till when you can spend $280,000 tax when expense I can on strippers and, and cocaine? Yeah, I can pump and dump crypto fucking currencies and, like, you know, manipulate markets to sell my fucking stocks. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not I just, just thought of that. You could, prob- you could probably, like, business expense buying cocaine then. If you're at the strip club, <laughs> no, think about it. Think about it. Cause like you could go in and request, you can request ones and shit. Right. And the club will give you cash. You'd be like, yo, give me fucking, you know, $300 in just straight hundred bills or ones or whatever it may be. But then you could also be like, yo, give me like six G's on the house and you can go uh, in the back and buy cocaine with the cash. You're, you're operating on the premise that you can write off the strip club expense in the first place. Yeah. You're coming with the receipts, right? You're like the people where I work, right? That there's been issues like in insurance where like people who make custom-made orthotics, especially in the oh, Toronto, no. general Toronto area. Like, oh, no. It's like the biggest scam thing, yeah. Like, which which has been in the news in the past. It's so, all like, over the news, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, and it's it's happened in like a bunch of different like like industries and like companies and workforces. Like, yeah, like it's it, it, like where I work, it's like, oh, like so many different people have, have used these as fraud in the past. It, it's exactly like that. Like you could... You could, you could just be doing that instead, right? Like that could be your hyper alert now too for that shit for the people that are claiming that stuff. Be like, wait a sec, you're claiming orthotics? Are you a scammer? It's hilarious because it's like where I work, they're like, well, we just need all these documents to prove. I'm like, so you just are requiring the scammers to print out some pieces of paper now as well? Like, well, we don't really know what else to do. Like, pretty <laughs> we much, we don't know how else to prove the, it. The burden of proof is on the fucking. The other people, right? It's always everybody just deflects. They're like, hey, we're getting paid. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, you're not going to really stop you. people. Exactly. You're never going to stop people you. from being scammers. All right, I got one more. I got another scientific study for you, right? I'm bringing the science. Clearly, that's where I've been operating in my internet use lately. But scrolling social media, reading websites, listening to podcasts. There you go. Watching news. With so many options, it's never been easier to follow American politics. But at what cost? According to research from University of Nebraska-Lincoln political scientist Kevin Smith, all the political jockeying is harmful to our health and has been for some time, and even a change in party power didn't help. 
In a follow-up to the groundbreaking 2017 study, where he first measured the effects of the political climate on Americans' physical, social, and mental and emotional health, the 2020 surveys found that an estimated 40% of Americans identified politics as a significant source of stress. <laughs> Additionally, the between a fifth and a third of adults, 50 to 85 million people, blamed politics for causing fatigue, feelings of anger, loss of temper, and triggering compulsive behaviors. Sweet. Good uh, shit. I, I, that's why I don't even, like, argue with people. I don't talk about it with people I don't know, and I'm not interested in, like, expanding my worldview because it just everyone wants to fight and if you're on the other side i'm gonna fuck you up i'm gonna fuck you up i'm gonna hashtag you up bitch sunday mornings sunday morning politics hashtags on twitter are a real thing every sunday morning i don't know what it is sunday morning is where all the crazy trends flare up every week really like yeah seems to be seems to be you know but it's big for the content game dog you know, of course, of course, right? That, I Why mean, are we not preying on political divisiveness for our content? Why? Because we specifically had a conversation about not doing that. <laughs> That's right. We specifically had talked about this sixty-six episodes ago, pre-episode one. I think keeping it uh, sixty-six straight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, there's like, it doesn't. It feels like there's no nuance anymore. Just your blue well, or no. your red. There's it's no, Coke and Pepsi, dog. Hey, that's a good idea. Even though you're from the other party, I support but, that. Do you use an iPhone? You fucking idiot, moron, dumbass. What kind of moron, idiot, fucking dumbass uses a fucking blue iPhone, stupid bitch. Are you playing? Oh, you have an Xbox? Oh, pff, fucking Xbox, morons, fucking pff, place that you know what? Not even PC mop, dog. Fucking PC superior master race right here. You know, console plebs. Console oh, you drink clips. Coke? Fucking right. Uh, Pepsi's way better. It's much sweeter and more delicious. Dumbass. <laughs> Yo, that word, you just slamming on the anything. Pass <laughs> my water. Dumbass. It's great. Red oh, Foreman. You drink Gatorade? Uh, BioSteel is way better, you stupid moron. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Gatorade fan myself. <laughs> I like I Gatorade. Actually, never tasted BioSteel. I don't know. Me it's the same shit. You've had Powerade, though. How do you feel Damn about right. Powerade? Uh, it's literally like the 50 cent difference between that and Gatorade like is reflected in the taste. It's about correct, correct. One, correct. one fifth less delicious than Gatorade. Correct. That's a great <laughs> a spot on. Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner. <laughs> so politics is killing us, essentially, is what this survey is, is, is saying. The second round of surveys pretty conclusively demonstrates that the first survey was not out of left field. And what we found in that first survey really is indicative of what many Americans, and honestly, I mean, this is Americans, but Canadians as well. Oh, yeah, we have the same category. Europeans, every country in the world where they're doing this Coke, Pepsi politics shit, this is undoubtedly the same fucking thing. A huge chunk of American adults genuinely perceive politics as exacting a serious toll on their social, their psychological, and even their physical health. I mean, what? Amazing. Yo, if you're letting it get to you physically, like, sums up. Yeah, like, you wake up and then when you read the Sunday morning Twitter trends and you're just like, like, honey, are you okay? Like, ah. Honey, honey, take your heart medication. Please, please. I don't want you to stroke out at the table. Breaking into a sweat. Like, I can't believe this hashtag this morning. Like, Justin Trudeau. (laughs) 
more like true dope. Get it? Like, <sighs> <laughs> see you at the convoy, man. <laughs> so the guy around the study says, uh, we wondered if a change in presidency, which was indeed the case, would shift attitudes. And the short answer is no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Not if anything, the slightest. costs that people perceive politics as exacting on their health increased after the election. <laughs> There's no, there's no escape, essentially. It's like, it's not like it just got better. It's just like, it's just all downhill from here. Yeah. What's wrong with Biden, man? You know, like, <laughs> he's just like killing y'all. I guess. I don't know. I'm just a neutral observer from the outside. I'm, so, I'm what, so what that means that if all the people in this country, like, hate the prime minister, if, if they get him out of office, which eventually they will, the lesson to be learned is that you will be just as fucking miserable yeah. the next day. You will be more miserable afterwards. It always goes like this. It's literally like, okay, red guy's in. All right. Fuck you, red guy. You're a <laughs> shithead. You're running this country to the ground. We need some real blue blood up in here. Blue guy. Right. Gets in. Blue guy. I'm in power now. Hey, blue guy, you're really fucking it up for everybody out here, man. Listen, I need to let you know you're out. Red guy. Red guy. Your turn. Oh, just no. oh, yeah, oh my God! Red guy got a second term. Oh, it was pretty close. Whoa, man! Oh, you know what, red guy? You're over the fucking line, bud. Next up, next blue guy, and it just ad infinitum forever, forever. The most stunning statistic from Smith was the repeated finding between 2017 and 2020 that five percent of the respondents, five percent of American adults. Blame politics for giving them suicidal thoughts. This shit literally makes me want to die. Holy fuck. Your Sunday morning Twitter trend. I like I, I the, the the convoy hashtag is literally making me want to kill myself. I'm unironically gonna neck myself. Like <laughs> I hate you, Joe Biden. Like I'm <laughs> going to jump off a bridge. Like somebody somewhere. Just with Holy shotgun fuck. in hand, signing a note. Joe Biden did this to me, <laughs> licking the envelope and putting it down. Like that's probably been uttered before. You know, like paste it, copy paste whatever president's name you want in there. But for yeah, sure, hundred percent, someone, hundred percent that mad. But like, I mean, it's like self awareness. Self awareness that people must have is so little that you like you wake up every day or is this just like there's there's so many isolated people living in like the middle of butt fuck nowhere or like in a absolutely mind-numbingly boring town and so they spend most of their life on their phones who are just like politics is everything to me now like like arguing on facebook with people is is the most important part of my day and it's eating me alive evidently and i know that but i can't stop are you kidding me you've seen the photos of those trucks down south with like 800 bumper stickers. And then just the same, you've seen the other, the other hand of the fucking extreme left with their insanity shit, like out in the street. So it's, it's inevitable yeah. dog. These there's extremes on both sides always. And My unfortunately politics they, makes me want to kill myself is a literal real thing. <laughs> it's not just hyperbole. It's like, I actually want to die. Turn off your fucking screen and take a step back for a second, man. Like, go touch some grass. Like, just, just get away for a sec. Just go for a just walk. Breathe. Just go breathe. for a walk. Listen to a comedy podcast instead. An apolitical, more or less, comedy podcast. 
This has been the 66th episode of the fucking A Comedy Podcast. My name is Dan. My my good homie and and sad, bitter football fan friend across the computer Fuck screen here is Fuck Matt. You. We'd like to thank you for joining us for the 66th episode of the show. Uh, we'd hope you come back for episode 67 and uh, tell a friend. Bring them along. Tell them that we do our best to control the bodily function jokes, but they may just be part of our DNA now. It feels that way, dude. Okay. I think the second you brought it up, I'm like, oh God, oh God, he's right. There he's may right. be some editing in the future of this episode. There may or may not. It may have to be just for sheer like, like comfortability levels for our listeners. You know, I'm trying to sympathize with them uh, a little more. Put, we need to put ourselves in the listener's shoes ears 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 mm. yeah be more considerate and, and put we your nose with our piss candles that's right that's right, that's right. <laughs> oh my god if anybody would like to pee into a humidifier and then give us a first-hand account of what that really does to a room i mean huff urea baby <laughs> i just i just can't live on this rock anymore <laughs> politics is making me want to kill myself <laughs> uh thank you for listening you can follow fucking a on on twitter and instagram at fucking a podcast f-u-c-k-i-n-e-h-p-o-d-c-a-s-t email the pod get in touch with me and matt if you got any ideas of your own that's at f-n-e-h podcast at gmail.com i almost didn't remember our email and, uh, and also check out the fucking AB Spotify playlist. All the music you hear on the intros and outros of this show go in there and it's, and it's growing. We're like 120 songs in now. I, mean, I love it. I play it all the time now. Like beautiful. not even joking. It's beautiful, you know, and we're going to threaten to take it down. If Spotify doesn't remove Joe Rogan, which I'm sure they'll hundred percent do. Right. <laughs> yeah, for real <laughs> money or no money. If hmm. our three, followers playlist goes down it's sure to crumble this multi-billion dollar empire easily neil young couldn't do it neither can we well it's because neil young isn't as famous as we are really oh, fuck. Yeah, okay <laughs> we're quickly catching up we're nipping at his heels on the all-time famous canadians list slowly but surely slowly yeah, we'll we're working away surely. early days my friend matt parting wisdoms words of zen on the way out I hope your team gets blown the fuck up. That, my listener friends, is the sound, is just pure, authentic, uncut, hater jealousy. Dripping. Seething. See, seething, that's the Seething word. jealousy. <sighs> Slither into your TV set and watch your team die. You just, nah, seriously, though, like, I hope you guys get bodied. Like, just blown up lose go Niners and with that this is the final episode of the fucking A podcast I want to thank you for joining us <laughs> down Fuck. trying to understand why my life don't sound oh I'm hold up locked down shut in There you are, right out of bed, the lucky child, never had, this my life, it's not too bad, 
the sun through all of those clouds. Hold up, lock down, shut in, held down. Don't be afraid to leave it all behind. Tomorrow is a new day. Back up and get out of here. We're driving tonight. I'll turn you back.